What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 10 bucks off your first order. Kyle, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. Uh, real quick, any potential graphic design, social media, motion graphics, or video production interns eligible for college credit should make sure you email rob at thedraftnetwork.com to inquire about our new internship program. Yeah. That was going to give a plug for Rob because <laughs> Rob's all excited, you know? I bet you he's gotten a lot of... Uh... A lot of uh, submissions, so. Rob's probably got, he put that out yesterday afternoon. I would be willing to bet Rob is already inundated with emails. I might apply. Hordes. Yeah, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. We should apply. (laughs) You remember that one time? Remember that one time we were in the early stages. I I think it was with NDT Scouting. And I was trying to come up with more graphics for us, so I submitted one. And it was total. I do remember this. It was was, uh... It was terrible. And I did it on purpose because I needed everyone to know this was not my lane. It's like, here you go, guys. And I, oh, oh, we got we got it, Joe. We got it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. And I go, all right, good. And I don't have to think about this for another second. Okay, Kyle has so been feverishly typing for the last hour. I just uh, I'm emailing Rob right now. Yeah, I bet. I did. I did ask him. I said, oh. Rob, I would like to apply to be an intern. I just emailed him. <laughs> that's the whole email yep that's the whole thing you're dumb he's gonna be so pissed because he's probably, he's probably got hundreds of these things he's just good. gonna see that buried in there <laughs> but if you hey listen seriously right this is a good program good opportunity rob's mm-hmm. unbelievable at graphics mm-hmm. um probably get a chance to work with ryan lane a little bit those guys are amazing at what they do and so if you're into graphics social media video anything like that hit up rob you got a chance to uh intern with us and um in turn with the team. Yeah. And uh, help build your portfolio and be part of what I think is an exciting company and brand. Right on. All right. So Friday we debated the AFC North quarterback. Nice job. Nice job. Yeah, got worried. it right. AFC North quarterbacks ranked them one to four in terms of which one we would want for this season in a vacuum. And we had fun. We got a lot of good responses from that. Kyle was a little bit wrong in how we stacked them up and we'll see if he can do better today as we look at the nfc west you done <laughs> come on it's fun to set the stage like that trigger you a little I didn't bit do Kyle. anything wrong i know i was just i was very surprised in how you stacked them up okay well i gotta pull up the passing leaders here make sure uh have this these statistical references that i'm gonna make on these guys correct uh so we are doing NFC West. NFC West. LA Rams, Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers. So, Joe, let me ask you this. If you were going to start one of these four quarterbacks for your team for this year only, who you got? Well, let me... 
I, the answer to number one is easy. I think I have to explain my methodology just a bit here off the off the top, so that already making excuses. No, sick. I just think it's important. Excellent. Methodology is important. You know this. Um, for me, the way I rationalize this in my head was: this is my quarterback, and now it's on me to have built the the proper team around them because mm-hmm. I think they're they're each individually better at something. You know, like I I don't know that they're all universal. This is your quarterback and you're good to go. Like you have to build the right scheme around them, but not for the first guy. The first guy, this is easy. It's Russ Wilson quarterback, Seattle Seahawks. We've said how many times in this podcast have, has this sentence been uttered? Russ Wilson's your quarterback and you win 10 games just because of it. doesn't matter who the remainder of team is. Correct. We are, we are Russ Wilson stands here on this podcast and there's no other answer for number one. Now, let me tell you why Russ Wilson could not be number one. Okay. I'm kidding. There's there's no explanation. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> that, the hell of a pivot there, Kyle. Where are you going with this? But... Yeah, so uh, Russ continues to just be magic uh, as far as what he's able to do in crunch time. And despite being constantly under duress, he's been sacked at least 40 times every single season since his rookie year in which he was sacked 33 times uh, and he only attempted uh, 393 pass attempts that year, Joe. So 7% of his dropbacks resulting in sacks is the lowest percentage he's ever had. Not great, Bob. For context. uh, Where's Drew Brees at on this list? You don't get sacked at all. No, Drew Brees was sacked like 12 times last year. Right. And I wish I was – I wish that was an exaggeration, but it's not. I got it. Drew Brees, his sack percentage is what you're looking for? Yeah, 3.1%. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, 3.4%. My guy, These Drew, guys, ain't been sacked really more than 20 times in a year since like 2016. That's like the uh, the Dan Marino numbers. Just don't get sacked. You, what happened you, in 2013? He got sacked 37 times. What happened there? Wow, big uh, big drop off, huh? <laughs> Out of nowhere. Dan Marino literally went two seasons combined and got sacked fifteen times. You're kidding me. No. Remember he like had a... he had like a seven hundred and something yeah, pass right. attempt stretch without getting sacked. Did he have like a like an elite offensive line or did he just get the ball out? Uh both. He had like Dwight Stevenson, right, who had to retire late. It's funny, you know, Stevenson got injured and had to retire early because of a cheap shot by the, the Jets. And, the Jets? Um, yeah. It was on, I believe it was on an interception return. Uh, Jets picked it off, and defensive lineman, like, way behind the play, like, cracked him and, like, tore, like, every ligament in his knee and ended his career. He, uh, Jarvis Landry, Aaron Williams? Yes, correct. How's this for a stat? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Dan Marino led the NFL in lowest sack percentage on pass attempts for his first seven seasons in the NFL. That's very good. Including uh, 1988, he was sacked on 1% of his pass attempts. He was <laughs> he attempted 606 passes and was sacked six times. <laughs> That's very good. That's it. So think about that. Russell Wilson, the least volume of sacks he's taken seven percent over eight seasons seven percent is the lowest number he's ever had 
it's not great. But, uh, you know, look, offensive line's been a challenge for Seattle to build and get a, a really consistent group. Russ, Russ invites some of that. Yeah, it's to you his know? play style a little bit. Yeah. I agree. So, um, but, um, yeah, he's, it's, it's the, the blend of playmaking ability, play in crunch time. And when you need to put together a drive to go score points, he routinely does that. Uh, ability to extend plays and, and the pedigree that he has and the experience that he has. I think this is the right blend for like home run pick. If you were going to pick anybody besides Mahomes yeah. to be your quarterback in the entire NFL, Russell Wilson would have a lot of backers. 128 starts consecutively to begin his career. He started all 16 games every year since 2012. He's durable. Mm-hmm. He'll be there for you. Things get interesting, Kyle, in uh, two, three, and four. But before we get there, let me tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. These are the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. It's hard to explain. You got to try them for yourself. They're all made with real chocolate, and there's amazing flavor variety. Uh, I love everything from the peanut butter to the raspberry chocolate. The orange chocolate's really good. My wife's favorite are the uh, the mint brownie and the coconut almond. I know Kyle loves the banana cream. So many good flavors. You got to try them out. You can go over to BuiltBar.com. You can use our promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 10 bucks off your first order. These things actually taste and have the texture and consistency of a candy bar. There's no gritty aftertaste. It's not like you're chewing on chalk. They taste delicious and they're super nutritious for you. There's no crazy additives, low calorie, high protein, and low sugar. Does not make sense how it could taste that good and be that good for you. Again, go over to builtbar.com, use our promo code locked on. It'll get you 10 bucks off your first order. All right, Kyle, two, three, and four. This is where things get dicey. Uh, I gave you number one first, so now you can give me number two first. Okay. Uh, For me, it is Mr. Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray, really impressive what he was able to do on a team that, Joe, I think you and I both thought before the season, there were, looked like a a pretty rocky arrangement, right? Yep. Um, Personnel had some redeeming pieces, but generally we didn't like the offensive line. We were skeptical skeptical about Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler stepping into that role, being the unquestioned starter from the jump. Just a lot of pieces that, that kind of had us apprehensive. Kyler promptly comes out. Team goes 5-10-1, which isn't great, but first year with a new head coach. Uh, 542 pass attempts. He passes for over 3,700 yards. He's got 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, he was sacked on 8.1% of his dropbacks and sacked 48 times, which led the league last year. So that's not great. But he also rushed for 544 yards and four touchdowns. And he played and started 16 games. The fact that he was able to make it through as the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, which you could debate on whether or not he had merits to win that over Josh Jacobs or not, um, made it through the full season. Statistically, has a really good launching point for him to, to work on and now has uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the building and Kenyon Drake back for a full season after he came in at the trade deadline and kind of energized the Brown game a little bit. Um, you think about Kyler and what he did last year, and then you think about what he has the potential to do with better conditions around him. 
the arm talent's just off the charts, man. And um, the statures are very different. But I watched Justin Fields over the weekend, Joe. And you think about these quarterbacks that have just that natural intrinsic throwing ability where it's like Patrick Mahomes is another great example of a guy who can just sling it and doesn't have to quote unquote be a quarterback in certain situations. And the ball is going to do exactly what he wants it to do and go exactly where he wants it to go. Kyler has that ability much more so than the other two guys on the list. And he's a threat with his legs. Those are variables that play into me making, in my in my opinion, an easy decision to make Kyler the second quarterback to pick. I think once I settled on my methodology and I was <clears throat> kind of reminded of all the things Kyler can do, that's what made him my number two choice as well. You know, I think I can build, I can build something around Kyler that is more exciting than anything I can do for the next two quarterbacks, and I'm excited for him in year two, because this is where quarterbacks usually take, you know, about their biggest jump from year one to year two. And he came in and start, like you said, started all 16 games as a rookie, which was it's a great experience. Right. And it's not like they had a wonderful system in place to, to like mm-hmm. groom him and acclimate him to the lineup. Like he was the guy, right. It wasn't even a question, right. Like it was the Joe, the Joe Burrow thing, right. Where his only backups are Ryan fin- Finley and Jake Delagola, you know, meanwhile, you know, all the other top quarterbacks seem to have some type of like bridge quarterback that's going to usher in this new era and make sure that they're ready. You no, know, Kyler walked into this situation with an offense that we've never seen in the NFL and um, and executed really well. Now, I, I'm excited to see him unleash himself a bit more. Um, and I think that'll come as he becomes more comfortable. But I appreciate also, you know, that he he did find that balance as a rookie, which I think is as important to you know, take care of the football, not put his team in compromising situations, but still make plays. Now I think he'll he'll begin to be able to dial in a little bit more into his natural ability, and the playmaking ability is is off the charts. It, it really is. We saw that his game's going to work in the NFL. All right, now it's time to just go be that dude that's a pain in the ass to stop, and, man, he can do it. Um, and so, yeah, I get really excited about the idea of building an offense around his skill set. He's number two for me. All right, so we're chalked thus far through the, the top half of the division. Yep. Is this where it gets weird? Well, why don't we both on the E in three, always have to specify this. Yeah. The E in three, announce who our third choice would be. I promise you that my guy's initials will be JG. Jesus, man. <laughs> Come on. Dad dad, dad jokes have gone too far. No, they haven't, brother. We're four months into this thing. It's only downhill from here. All right. So you want to do this? (laughs) Yeah. On the E of three, we say our guy. Yeah. So I'll go one, two, three, bang, immediately afterwards. Do you think I'll change my answer? I got my guy locked in. All right. Let's go. I got... I, I'm just worried about one of us saying it before the other person. Okay. I want us to say it at the same time. The good okay. news is if they don't come out right, I can always edit the audio to make them come across at the same time. Yeah. I think we're, we've set the stage here. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. One, two, three. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. Oh, man. The Rams fans are going to hate us, Kyle. Well, we'll get. I think Goff has the most to talk about. 
right? So we want to talk about Jimmy G first. Yes, because he's our pick for three. Right. So the reason I picked Jimmy G is because if this in this exercise, we are picking an offense to build and construct perfectly around each player. Jimmy yes. Garoppolo is already in that situation. Yep. So we know exactly what he can be in a perfect situation because the team went 13 and three and he completed almost 70% of his passes and he had a really good yards per attempt average because he does a ton of play action and a run heavy offense and they don't ask him to do too much. Whereas I think conversely Goff, you know, we we've got probably a 24 game sample size here. That's, pretty troubling as far as some negatives. So, you know, I'd like your thoughts on Jimmy before we get into golf. Yeah, I think for, for Jimmy G, I think he did say very well that like he, he is in that spot where we'd want him to be And Like I've said this a few times that he's 29 years old and we just got the first taste of what this guy looks like for 16 games. And he leads San Francisco through a 13 and three year complete 69% of his passes you know, almost 4,000 yards. His passer rating over 100, if I'm not mistaken, really high. Yeah, 102. I mean, like, he played good ball. Four game-winning drives, four fourth-quarter comebacks. Like, I know that we like to talk about how he kind of, like, is more of a trigger man for this offense, but, like, he did things last year that allowed this team to win football games. Like, it was because of him. And, um, you know, I think about, like, that, that shootout with New Orleans where he – 349 yards, four touchdowns. They score 48 points and beat New Orleans in uh, Louisiana by two points. You know, like uh, a big game against uh, Arizona on the road in the desert, a division game, three-point victory where he throws four touchdown passes, completes 76% of his passes, 300 yards. Like he had those moments where he had to be like, he had to make big-time plays in the passing game. And so I think my belief in that is what really – kind of gave him the edge and, and and the fact that I still think he's a developing player and just the difference between San Francisco with Jimmy G and without Jimmy G. I, I don't know. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a, the, the biggest Jimmy G fan on, on the planet, but I think that there's reason to believe that he is still an ascending player. And I think that makes him more appealing than golf to me at this point. Yeah. I think that's, I think we, we haven't seen the ceiling for Jimmy yet, right? Because it's just from a, a, volume perspective he's got less than 30 starts yeah so isn't that crazy he's been in the league since 2014 he's paid handsomely yeah so i agree with you um both those arizona games he actually had to play big in both those games they won the second one a few weeks later uh 36 26 he threw for 424 and four touchdowns again so the Cardinals are probably not going <laughs> to look forward to seeing. Uh, and that was that was a game in which, if I remember correctly, Garoppolo threw a touchdown pass to take the lead in the final minute of the game. Maybe Isaiah yeah, I've got I've, I've got it right here. Uh, Arizona was winning twenty six twenty three. And Garoppolo threw a touchdown, twenty-five yard touchdown pass to Jeff Wilson with thirty-seven seconds left to take a thirty to twenty-six lead. And then the 49ers uh on the like a lateral play ran back a a fumble for a touchdown to make wow. it a ten point deficit. But like this was less than with forty seconds left in the game, Arizona was winning the game. Jimmy G, brother. Um, I bet you the Cardinals 
had some of this in mind when they drafted Isaiah Simmons. You know? Yeah. <laughs> as far as being a threat against uh, San Francisco's rush offense and, and a yeah, guy who and, could take those throwing lanes away. and Yeah. Hell because yeah, that's, a, that's such a prominent, you know, you, you've talked about this a couple of times with some of the conversations we had this past winter. Talk about team teams absolutely take into account building for beating their division. And that that's like very much a prominent thing in the front of people's minds. Mm -hmm. Simmons will help with that. I mean, certainly against, you know, even LA, the Rams, a wide zone rushing attack. You want that range. So I I forgot how bad this NFC championship game was. (laughs) Oh, it it was a snooze. I watched it in the hospital with, uh, with my wife because our baby was born and I'm sitting there. It was both, both the championship games. I'm like, sitting here watching this game like this is not this is not anything to watch garoppolo attempted eight passes (laughs) (laughs) dude but san francisco ran 42 times for almost 300 yards that's like that's why if you if your defense can't stop the run it's so demoralizing it just takes your will it's impossible to watch football games like that you just 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 get like like just totally getting outmanned Right, it's just they, stealing your, your heart. Will. Yeah, it, your will. you can't stop the run, man. It is it is demoralizing as a football team, and especially uh. in in zone in zone fits. You can just like <laughs> you feel like you've got them right. It's like I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then like they pop out the back door, and it's gone. It's like well, bullshit. You- <laughs> I got to pull up this stat. You know how bad Mike Pettin's defenses are at stopping the run? They're, they're historically, this is a, per year. This guy's been coordinator, head coach. His defenses starting at 2019, run defense, yards, yards, 23, 22, 30, 32, 28, 26. It dude's all, never been able to scheme up stopping the run, man. All I know is when the Packers cut Mike Daniels and all I said was when they tried to justify it as being a scheme fit issue that if you have a scheme that can't fit Mike Daniels <laughs> you've probably got the wrong scheme and I had Packers fans super angry that I asserted that Mike Petton and his defense wasn't it He's had a bottom 10 rush defense every year since 2012, and that spans four different teams. Jeez, man. <laughs> it's just, the guy, it, I think he's like been outspoken about it. Like He just doesn't care about run defense. It's wild, man. He can't scheme up the run D. He cannot Probably do should. it. You've got to figure it out, brother, because <laughs> guess what? You're going to have to play. You're going to face the 49ers. every year. Ba- Baltimore, right? If you want to like think about that for like if you're going to win the Super Bowl. Think about New Orleans and life after Drew Brees and tell me they're not going to transition into much more of a run-the-ball approach. Yes, I mean, you've got some pricey running backs in the uh, NFC, Christian McCaffrey and Zeke Elliott. Come on. you got to get that tightened up. you got the Lions. Maybe that's why they drafted DeAndre Swift and some power-blocking offensive linemen, so we're just going to run it down the Packers' throats, man. I mean, like, you got to at least pretend to care. Dalvin Cook in your division? All right, let's, let's talk Jared Goff. QB four in the division, eh? QB four in the and 
I think we Goff. like Jared Goff. Like, like I, we're not haters of Jared Goff. No, we're not. Uh, I would probably put Jared, what would you say, top 20 quarterback in the league? Yeah, for sure. Yes. Is he top 15? I'm not. I, I'd have to do that work, but he's definitely top 20. The popular knocks on Jared, and I don't think they're wrong to a certain degree, is he doesn't do well with pressure, right? No. Uh, <laughs> he was only sacked 22 times last year, but a lot of the reasoning for him only being sacked 22 times is because of how often and how quick he was to check the ball down underneath and not take sacks. And like, there's merit in not taking those negative plays, right? Mm-hmm. But if it becomes that ingrained in what you're doing, that you end up having a adjusted yards per attempt that's under six and a half yards. It's like, you know, you're, you're kind of cuffing yourself a little bit as far as what you're able to do in the passing game. And that, that's how you can kind of piece. If you wanted to look at this from a stats perspective and, and make sense of when you watch Jared Goff play, you look at the stats, you see, wow, the, the offensive line was really bad, but he's only sacked 22 times. How does that happen? It's because he's, he's never taken sacks because he's just dumping the ball out. I've got the splits, Kyle. Under okay. pressure, not under pressure. Jared Goff last year, courtesy of Pro Football Focus. Uh, completion percentage, no pressure, 73. Under pressure, 42. What's that, 30%? 30% difference. Okay. Uh, yards per attempt, no pressure, 8.2. Under pressure, 5.7. Okay. Passer rating, 99.5. No pressure, 60.4. Oh, under pressure. Yep. I knew that one was going to get ugly because I knew what his rating was in general. So. So, yeah, I mean, this is something that he has to, you know, I don't, I don't know how I, it's probably a difficult thing to get better at, but I guess the, it's, the, you can't the, well, can't. here's what compounds the concern, Kyle. And you've written about this is that they haven't addressed the offensive line. He right. was under pressure, 208 attempts. So 626 so he, attempts, 208 of them. He was under pressure. And he only took 22 sacks. It's incredible. Actually, that is incredible. Yes to be into that much heat. What I would like, can you pull up the passer rating under pressure for the other three quarterbacks in the division? Sure, Kyle, I would be glad to. Which one would you like first? Let's <laughs> let's start from the bottom and go to the top. So we'll do Jimmy G. I'd be interested to see if they flow in the same order we put them. Really? This is our Kyle and I's number one statistic for... Uh, okay, so Jimmy G passing under pressure versus not under pressure. Uh, his completion percentage, no pressure, 74. Under pressure, 51.2. Okay, so yards, per, uh, yards per attempt, 8.7. No pressure, 7 under pressure. Okay, still solid. Now, this is where things get weird. Uh, NFL quarterback rating. No pressure, 110.2. Under okay. pressure, 63.9. Still better than Goff? Well, I mean, that's a discrepancy of over 40, right? Like 40 points. Right, right. Um. But because you have so much play, how many times was he under pressure last year? He was under pressure uh, 589 dropbacks. He was under pressure 176 times. So it feels like that's a smaller piece of it. So definitely more reps, definitely less reps under pressure than what Goff had. Yeah. Goff was like 220 or something like that. Yes. Okay. Who's the next player? Uh, Kyler? Uh, Kyler. Ooh. Let's see how rookie Kyler Murray under pressure was. Uh, okay. Completion percentage, 70, 70.6%, no pressure, 43.1 under pressure. Uh, yards per attempt, 7.2, no pressure, 5.8 under pressure. 
passer rating 94.8, no pressure, under pressure 62.1. Okay. And lastly, Mr. Russell Wilson. He should be impressive, right? I'm thinking that these stats, these, these I'd be willing to bet Russell's probably better <laughs> under pressure than this he is. This is stupid. Well, he's not better, but he's not nearly as bad. <laughs> uh, no pressure completion percentage 73.9, under pressure 50 on the dot. Uh, yards per attempt 8.6 to 7.4. Passer rating 115.2, under pressure 89.2. Yeah. And how many, <laughs> how many, uh, 283 under pressure reps. 283 under pressure. Out of 690 dropbacks. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, what can you, again, and this this gets into the theoreticals and hypotheticals and what can you work with that makes a great NFL quarterback prospect? It's can he win outside of structure, right? We, we've we've had good conversations off record about how important that is. So if no. you're looking for an indicator for a prospect, can he win outside of structure? I think it matters. I mean, especially now more than ever. I mean, that, that was what I – with Dwayne Haskins, man, that was something that really hung up with me on him is that I thought he was, I mean, off script, he wasn't really going to help. Right. So I guess that's, you look at Jared Goff and his, is that like his ceiling for a Justin Herbert? Is Justin Herbert a better physical traits version of Jared Goff? Yes, 100%. I'm hopeful that Herbert can get better under pressure. And again, I think that's probably really challenging, but I think what you said there is makes a lot of sense. If Herbert doesn't get better under pressure, he's just a more toolsy golf. Right. And that's not a bad thing. You're just going to be, you're going to need a lot around him to really make deep runs because golf ultimately uh, was what second in the league and third in the league in passing yardage last year. Back-to-back years of 4,600 passing yards. Right. So, like, you can get plenty of production out of him. And I will say this. Herbert, you can at least build some quarterback run game with, too, right? Whereas Goff, like, you're you're never going to have, like, quarterback run package in for Jared Goff, ever. So the fact that Goff has, I'd say, above average arm strength, and Justin Herbert has plus arm strength, like really high-end arm strength, Herbert has the size, frame, and mobility to not necessarily extend within the pocket, but you can move the pocket and you can use him in the run game versus those are things you can't do with Jared Goff. The ceiling here is probably higher, but like if he stays the same exact player that he is coming out of Oregon, I think, you know, if he may have to get into the right system to appease his limitations, but Jared Goff's his seal. Um, yeah, interesting. We just, I think, indirectly compared the two LA quarterbacks. That was neat. We did. We did. Pro uh, football reference says Jared Goff's nickname is Mr. Perfect. I've never heard that. No, never. Yeah, Have so, you gone through some of these? Uh, I, I always glance at they it. Anytime I look insane. Up, I look up a player, I usually glance at it, and, and this is one of those times where I'm like, yeah, I don't. That's not, that's not something I've heard. 
Okay, so Mahomes. Have you seen his nicknames? We're done. <laughs> this is going to be 10 minutes of nonsense here. Showtime. No, Showtime okay. Mahomes. Okay. Magic Man Mahomes. The Musician. Okay. Fatrick. What the hell does that mean? The Gunslinger. Or Mahomeboy. I think Patrick Mahomes is at the point, and you you know you're a special player when like just your first or last name says it all. Mahomes. Mahomes. It's Mahomes. it. Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Mahomes, Brady, right? Like Breeze. Favre. Favre. Manning. Marino. Mahomes. He's there. That's it. That's yeah. I don't need fat trick. What the hell does that mean? No, fat trick. F-A-T-R-I-C-K. Like what does that mean? Patrick. I don't know. Maybe he was chunky sense. as a kid. I don't know. <laughs> All right. We're done here. <laughs> if we open up more of these, Kyle, it's going to be 50 minutes into this thing. We're going to lose the partnership. Maybe that could be Wednesday's show. Ridiculous nicknames on Pro Outrageous Football Outrageous nicknames courtesy of Pro Football Reference. Oh, boy. So, in recap... Both of us ranked the NFC West quarterbacks for which we would most like to have in 2020 as Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff. And we both like Jared Goff, but uh, uh, as we've said, the limitations here uh, and what it's been about a year and a half, right? Like ever since midseason 2018. Yeah, things got dicey. Yeah. So. Hopefully he can he can spin it back around and maybe force us to reevaluate when we do this exercise next offseason. Uh, but for now, Goff's fourth out of the NFC West quarterbacks. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, uh, takes on takes tomorrow. Send your hot takes to at the Joe Marino or at Grinding the Tape. And we will hope to see you all again tomorrow. <laughs>